Hi everyone, it's Tuesday, January 5th, 2021, and this is the Charge or Die show. I'm your host, Brad Isaac, and I'm here to talk about, uh, well, cars, trucks, SUVs, um, but all with a much greater focus on uh, green vehicles. So whether that is hybrids, plug-in hybrids, or electric vehicles, uh, the way we charge them, the, the way business deals are shaking out, um, we're going to pull a much greater focus on that. Uh, coming off the salvage title podcast show that this has been for the past, wow, close to five years, which is crazy to think about, um, you know, I it, every story, every every news tidbit over the last two years or so has been about the electrification and the changes that are being made uh, to keep car companies afloat uh, in these crazy times, you know? I mean, whether it's national regulation and legislation making uh, gas vehicles no longer a thing, whether it's changing tastes uh, in buyers' decisions, um, things really seem to be pointing towards uh, uh, an electrified future. And I'm hoping to make this show a part of that conversation. So I really want to kind of break down uh, where the news is at and talk about it in a little bit more of a plain and simple way and uh, continue on that work that we did in the Salvage Title show. Um, hopefully as well, you know, Charger Die is a little bit more SEO friendly. So all of that aside, uh, getting to the actual stuff, uh, my name is Brad Eisenlake. You can follow along with me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Y-S-S-M-A-N. Uh, you can follow along with episodes of this show at anchor.fm slash charge or die. And uh, eventually, maybe at some point, we'll pull together a Twitter and an actual website for this show. But uh, one step at a time, I suppose. On today's show, we're going to talk about uh, a little bit of news. First up, uh, stuff out of Europe, and particularly about Norway. They've hit a pretty big milestone when it comes to the uh, purchases and uh, registration of electric vehicles in their country. Uh, there's also a little story floating around about a company called Fisker and a new pickup truck that they are working on. And uh, lastly, a little bit of breaking news, and we'll kind of touch on something I talked about last night on Twitter. Uh, the Stellantis merger between FCA and PSA appears to have its final approval hurdle cleared, uh, which might have some interesting ramifications in North America in the next year or so. Uh, anyway, guys, after the short little break, we will talk about some car news. Well, coming right out of the gate with the rebranding of the show, we've got the perfect news story to start things off. Uh, Norway, the little teeny tiny, very wealthy country uh, in the north of Europe, right on the Nord Sea, uh, they announced today that over 50% of new car sales uh, in 2020 were uh, electric vehicles. Uh, Norway has spent an absolute insane amount of money uh, developing the infrastructure to uh, sell electric cars in their country uh, to make up for the money that was made on fossil fuel development and other things like that. Uh, they are one of the only countries in Europe to have adoption rates so high, and a big part of that reason is because of the stiff penalties that come with buying uh, vehicles that still use fossil fuels. 
uh, in the article on The Guardian, and you can read articles about this all over the internet, uh, they mentioned that there was a 10-point jump between 2019 sales and 2020 sales, going from 42 to 52% nationwide for EVs, which is absolutely unprecedented. Uh, by comparison, here in the U.S., uh, new vehicle sales, I think EVs represent less than 4%, or electrified vehicles represent less than 4%. Uh, it's a number that has gone up, but I cannot really imagine a time or place in the United States where we could say that over half of new vehicle sales are electrified. Um, interesting also to point out in the sales numbers is that the Audi e-tron uh, was the number one selling vehicle in Norway this past year. Uh, here in the U.S., I've maybe seen two on the street. I think I've seen more at car shows than I have on the actual road. Uh, the e-tron is a pretty cool crossover, all things considered, um, especially the new coupe model that's uh, came out this past year. Um, but they've managed to stay ahead of uh, Tesla in Norway simply because I think there's a few more credits, there's a few more charging stations. It seems to be a little bit more of an applicable vehicle to the European market uh, than what Tesla has been offering. It's also important to know that outside of North America, uh, Norway is the biggest market for Tesla overall in terms of sales. Uh, the Model 3 was number two, barely beat by the uh, e-tron, but uh, it's a little, little strange to see those kinds of numbers. It'll be also be interesting to see uh, going into 2021 if the Model Y will have any effect on that. Um, but it's also a good sign, too, of just how much competition there is in Europe for electrified cars, because not only is it, you know, the names that you know and expect in that regard, you know, uh, Audi, BMW, uh, Mercedes-Benz, so on and so forth, they all have different offerings, but you've got Renault, you've got Peugeot, you've got so many others, and one of the new brands that just recently launched just in Norway, not the rest of the EU, is Xpeng, which is a Chinese uh, EV manufacturer. Uh, Xpeng paid close attention to where things were going in Europe and saw that the growth of EVs in that country gave them an interesting and very different opportunity. Uh, and as such, some of the first of their crossovers are being sent there as we speak. Uh, they will be launching a new electrified sedan in Norway uh, later in 2021. Um, and it just really seems like it's a big growth market for everybody. Um, as everything is converted to uh, EVs, the charging infrastructure has come along. And um, overall, you know, it just seems like a better way to go. Um, it does kind of make me reflect on some other uh, media I consumed within the past uh, day or so. And that was a video by uh, Marcus Brownlee, MKBHD. Uh, he had a video talking about electric cars as we head into 2021, and a big crux of his video talked about, you know, the chicken and egg situation that we seem to have in the United States when it comes to adoption of electric vehicles. And in his mind, it comes down to the range not being there um, for people not wanting to buy in. And by that, he means, you know, an average Hyundai Sonata can go 400 plus miles on a single gas tank and then, you know, to refill it, it takes less than 10 minutes versus a Tesla where you can go almost 400 miles in a Tesla Model S, um, but, you know, it takes a couple of hours to recharge at that point. And even then, you know, that's still a $100,000 car versus a mid $20,000 family sedan. And in his opinion, to get more people to adapt, 
or adopt, you need to have more cars available at fair prices with long ranges. Whereas I think myself and a lot of other people, at least on car Twitter and in the automotive press, argue that range doesn't necessarily have to be the biggest part of what's going on. It's the price, it's the entry point, and it's having people realize how many miles they don't drive each day. Um, you know, I think most people could very easily get by with a car that has 100, 150 mile range, give or take, for $20,000 as an EV. Um, cars like that are sold all across Europe because people don't travel very far and they have access to charging at home or maybe at the shop that they're going to where they can pump a decent amount of juice into the car very quickly. Um, those kind of case scenarios, I think, are very applicable to a large number of drivers here in the United States. And in that sense, it's more about infrastructure than it is about, you know, the price of the car. You know, you need to have a place to charge it, um, whether it's at work or at the store that you're going to or at home. Um, and, uh, you know, speaking from my own personal experience, I don't necessarily have a place to charge at home. I have a place nearby within a quarter of a mile that I can charge at that works. But when it's in the 20s like it is today, you know, you don't really want to plug it in because you don't want to have to be out in that weather any longer than you need to. So, you know, to get to 50% new vehicle registration in the United States as EVs, a lot of things are going to need to change. And I think the biggest one, number one, is getting prices to an affordable level and two, really getting people to think about, uh, you know, how far they drive, what they're using their car for day to day. Because, uh, you know, I think a lot of people could get away with just, you know, a 115 mile an hour or 115 mile uh mini se that would be the perfect car for most folks the four-door version is apparently coming um you know i i really think that's got a good case model for it in the future so we'll kind of see how things go for there uh but moving on to the second kind of news story as we're talking about evs and it's one that i think a lot of people are eagerly anticipating uh in terms of uh, new vehicle launches and that is the fisker Ocean. Uh, the Fisker Ocean is a compact crossover that is being built in collaboration with Magna here in the United States and in Canada, one of the two. Um, it's not really clear whose platform, whose motors, whose batteries are going into it, um, but Fisker's made, you know, a pretty decent amount of money with its IPO, um, and it's continuing to trickle out news and information about what it plans to do with itself as a car company. Uh, as a part of that, uh, some images uh, were posted online within the past 24 hours talking about an electric pickup truck from Fisker. Uh, more or less, it would be the Ocean crossover SUV with a small truck bed off the back. This would definitely be kind of competing in that space where the new Ford Maverick is going to be going, where the new uh, Hyundai Santa Cruz is going to be, um, but with obvious electric power differences. Um, you know, the electric pickup truck game seems to really be heating up this year. Um, we've got, obviously, the uh, F-150 electric that'll be announced, hopefully, in the springtime. Uh, we've got the GM Hummer EV that'll be launched at the end of the year. Uh, the Rivian is supposed to be happening somewhere in there. Tesla keeps saying the Cybertruck is happening soon. Um, so having one more from Fisker, you know, hey, uh, bring it on, I suppose. More competition is good. And, you know, if they can deliver on a good price point like they are with the Ocean SUV allegedly, 
uh, I think it could be a reasonably successful entry into the market. Um, I just hope it's more than an ocean with a small truck bed on the back because that's kind of, you know, cheating. Uh, but I think we'll know more when we know more. Uh, last up in the last little bit of news, which does have some EV bend to it, uh, shareholders from FCA and PSA uh, fully agreed to the merger between the two companies earlier today. Um, that means that Stellantis is a thing and Stellantis will be emerging uh, as a new corporate entity in the very near future. Uh, Stellantis is kind of meant to be this strange way to, uh, I don't know, exchange money and technology between PSA and FCA. Um, FCA has got a massive war chest of cash that they are continuing to build uh, with sales from Jeep and Ram uh, that, uh, you know, come from extremely high margin vehicles. PSA, on the other hand, has a lot of technology and R&D invested in EVs and plug-in hybrids and so much else that FCA is going to directly benefit from. Um, it also gives PSA a new market to sell vehicles in, uh, and it gives FCA, you know, a way to reduce their parts costs and other development things. So in the end, it does currently seem like very good news for both car companies and for car buyers across the world. Um... But there's a lot of questions about, you know, what brands, what models, what other things are going to be axed because um, it seems fairly clear, at least at this point in time, that uh, stuff isn't going to be completely sustainable um, with everybody in the same basket. Um, so some news reports came out yesterday uh, guessing, opining with some suggestions coming from corporate people that Chrysler may not make it uh, the next couple of years. I personally find that to be a grave mistake in the face of Dodge continuing to exist. Um, as much as Dodge seems to be able to print money with the Hellcat engine and with uh, big V8 muscle cars, uh, over a stretched number of years, let's say going out to 2030, 2035, uh, Dodge continues to make less and less sense. Uh, versus Chrysler right now, where the argument is that they don't make a lot of sense to exist because they have essentially one car, um, that, you know, axing them is going to cost them nothing in the short term. Um, my argument would be that by that same measure of Dodge, where their situation gets worse, um, Chrysler has a much greater opportunity to bring in new types of models, new types of segments, uh, new platforms and technologies from Europe, from PSA, um, that could greatly benefit Chrysler uh, and those dealerships in the United States. So um, we'll see what ends up happening there. Uh, I, you know, I made my case last night on Twitter for, you know, bringing a, a small electric crossover, selling it as a neon. I think that's a good way to go. Um, doing some kind of mid-size luxury crossover, uh, kind of like stealing the DS7 from Europe, I think is a smart way to go. And then just going balls to the wall and building a Tesla Model S competitor uh, as a 300 successor, I think makes a ton of sense. Um, because honestly, all three would be nothing like what's currently available at Chrysler or, or the Chrysler brand family. So, you know, there are definitely worse things that could be done. But yeah, that's pretty much it for the news. So after the bump, we'll kind of wrap things up and uh, say goodbye.
Well, guys, that just about wraps up this first episode of the Charge or Die podcast. You can follow along with me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Y-S-S-M-A-N. That's pronounced Iceman. And you can follow along with episodes of this show at anchor.fm slash charge or die. Uh, like I said up at the top of the show, we're looking at doing some different socials and uh, maybe a website for the show where uh, I can also use my writing skills once in a while. We'll see. I don't know. We're, we're, we're working on this one step at a time, like I said. Uh, in other news, uh, you know, it's a slow time of year. There's some news stories coming out about different things. There were some cool photos that were released today about the this uh, Baja-ready Porsche by Singer. Um, I don't remember specifically what the name of it is, but it looks like a Cyberpunk 2077 ride. It's pretty cool, so definitely check that out. Also, if you're looking for something cool that is uh, related to uh, EVs, green technology, uh, and other things, there is a new car show developing for the end of 2021 put on by uh, Bradley Brownell of Radwood, Mr. Ethan Tuss of Hello Road, uh, and Jeff Glucker from uh, Hooniverse. It's called Autopia 2099. I am very, very excited to see what develops in this. I definitely want to try to uh, get my Volt out to Los Angeles at the end of the year for this show. Um, but yeah, definitely check it out. Search on Google, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you're at, Autopia 2099 uh, to hear more about it and stay in the loop uh, with the car show. Anyway, guys, uh, appreciate you dealing with me, uh, rebranding the show, renaming the show. Thankfully, all the channels will remain as they are online. It's just a name change. Not too crazy of a thing. Uh, so until next time, guys, we will see you on the next episode of the Charge or Die podcast. See you then.